Welcome to the podcast of the Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jim Cole, and I'm proud to be the 96th president of Las Vegas Rotary. Las Vegas Rotary's main focus is on youth, specifically youth literacy and life skill development. If you're in town, we invite you to join us at the Lowry's Prime Rib at noon on Thursdays. You can also find more information about our meetings on lasvegasrotary.com. If you're unable to join us, we live stream our meetings on Facebook at noon Pacific time Thursdays. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Good afternoon, fellow Rotarians. Um, it's a pleasure for me to introduce Terry Jasinski to our club today. He is the Senior Vice President over Operations at the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, and you have a very full bio uh, in the wheel. Um, you'll note that Terry has, has been at the Convention and Visitors Authority for 26 years, and during that time, if there was an important job to do, he's done it. He's handled everything from day-to-day -day operations to the marketing during the period of uh, what, if what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. He's um, now assigned to oversee um, the $1.4 billion expansion and renovation of the entire convention uh, center. And I've had the pleasure of working with his team over the past couple of years, uh, serving on an oversight panel and watching the expertise that this group has and overseeing really what is, without question, one of the most important assets in Clark County, being the convention um, center. I, I don't, we, we always do the economics on what happens with all the convention business that comes to Vegas. What always seems to be missed, though, are the number of people that come to a convention and then based on that experience come back to vacation in Las Vegas. And I think those numbers are exponential over and above what really happens just within the Convention and Visitors Authority. So it's a pleasure for me to introduce Terry Jasinski. Well, good afternoon. Tom was very modest in his introduction. What he didn't say about himself is uh, the very prestigious position he has as a governor appointee to the oversight panel for the construction project of the Las Vegas Convention Center. So in 2017, when the legislative issue uh, funded the expansion of the convention center, uh, the governor saw fit to create this oversight panel and appointed seven members of our leadership community to that. Tom is one of those leaders, and so we certainly thank him on behalf of the convention industry, but more importantly, as an economic driver of business in Southern Nevada, the contribution and the role he plays to make sure that this expansion is successful, uh, completed on time and under budget, uh, and, and the uh, prestige of the governor appointing him to that. I also see several, thank you, of course. He also probably has some input into my raise next year. <laughs> I see a couple of, of other uh, long-term friends uh, in the audience as well. Uh, Ted, who uh, led the, the song, and his wife, Diana, I want to call her out. Uh, she was a, a long-term employee of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority until she retired uh, about nine years ago, leading our destination service organization within the Convention Visitors Authority. So we thank her for her contribution to Southern Nevada as well. 
there's a couple member um, in the audience from the Chamber of Commerce and the Leadership Las Vegas. Uh, it's good to uh, reconnect with that group um, as well. So we're here today to talk about what I think is one of the most exciting um, opportunities to reinvent Las Vegas in the trade show world and the convention world. And the convention center is a key part of that. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but those of you who have reached your 60th birthday, you have something in common with the Las Vegas Convention Center. In 1959, the convention center opened its doors for the very first conference, which was an air show uh, in April of 1959. And over the last 60 years, while we've had some facelifts, we've had a little bit of cleanup, uh, like those of us who are approaching 60 or reached our 60th birthday, uh, it's time for an overhaul. And so we will be joining many of you in that step of our lifespan uh, as we look at the Las Vegas Convention Center as an opportunity uh, to position ourselves to remain the number one trade show destination in North America. And that's an important uh, distinction. For the last 23 years, the Las Vegas Convention Center has been the number one trade show destination in North America. You don't often think about that. You think about us being a leisure destination. You think about people coming to Vegas for what happens in Vegas. There's another side to that coin, and that coin is really that trade show business that fills our hotel rooms Sunday night through Thursday night. And if it wasn't for venues like Mandalay Bay Convention Center, the Sands Expo Convention Center, and the city-county-owned Las Vegas Convention Center, as well as all the hotels that contribute to meeting space, and in fact over 11 million square feet of meeting space throughout the facility, much of our workforce wouldn't have jobs that were full-time. The casinos would hire them for Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night checkout, uh, and they'd be working part-time. Our forefathers saw the benefit of turning to a second market segment in 1959, and that is the trade show in the convention industry, and we've had 60 years of success in proving that that is an important contribution to keeping those hotels full seven nights a week, not two nights a week. <clears throat> so the convention center plays a key role in that, and we want to make sure we're positioning the convention center for the next generation. Uh, the 2017 legislative session saw the need to reinvest in this asset for the community. They committed room tax dollars, so every time a visitor comes to Las Vegas and stays in a hotel room, a portion of that is reinvested in the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. In fact, about 40% of every room tax dollar that the visitor pays is reinvested in the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, and a portion of that is dedicated to the expansion and renovation of the Las Vegas Convention Center. We really have an opportunity to position this building as a civic building. In the 1980s and the 1990s, you drove down Paradise Road, and what color building did you see? Mauve. Here's the backstory on why our building ended up being pink in 1959 um, or, or in the 1980s. There was this idea when the airport was uh, renovated in the 80s and they went to their mauve color that there would be this color that was consistent throughout the community. And so 
they expanded the convention center and renovated the convention center and painted us the same color that the airport was. Well, it wasn't a really good idea in the desert because over the years that mauve faded into this horrible pink color. And as you drove up and down Paradise Road, the building was pink. Um, not the greatest iconic asset to Southern Nevada. Uh, in the early 2000s, we repositioned that as a gray paneled building. Uh, but in the, in the reality of it, we really haven't invested a lot of money in the expansion and renovation of the convention center based on the role that it plays in Southern Nevada. And we are going to take this opportunity to rectify that. And our number one goal is to really make this a civic building, to make it a building that the community is proud of, that is an icon iconic element of the Las Vegas Convention Center and convention industry, but something for the community as a whole. And that starts with this amazing atrium uh, foyer that's going to be built on Convention Center Drive and Paradise Road. This element goes 125 feet in the air. It starts with an outdoor pavilion that has open air skylights in it that then transitions to this amazing atrium where those skylights continue and present natural light to our convention attendees and really creates this picture and this iconic arrival point that people know that they are at the Las Vegas Convention Center. It's a building that can only be in Las Vegas and represented by Las Vegas. And from there, we're building what we call a ribbon. And that ribbon goes all the way along the front of the building on Convention Center Drive and all along Paradise Road that will unify the new building with the existing building with this flowing ribbon that makes it very apparent that you're on a single campus, a single element of a single building, even though it was built through several expansion programs since 1959. When you arrive in our, our lobby, um, our lobby right now is relatively inward-facing. We are making an outward-facing lobby that allows for a significant amount of skylight. Of course, nobody builds a building today without technology, so large format video walls located throughout the facility to allow our trade show delegates to promote and advertise their own exhibitors. And the crux of the building is really that exhibit hall, the reason the trade show producers invest and decide to select Las Vegas as their site is the ability to resell that to exhibitors. World of Concrete is in our building today, bringing 60,000 out-of-town visitors to our destination over a four-day period to sell their wares on the trade show floor. And so this expansion will add a fourth exhibit hall, 600,000 square feet to our 1.9 million existing square feet. What you may not appreciate in this picture is that it's a relatively column-free building. And that's a big deal to trade show producers and convention planners in the ability to create sight lines to welcome people to their trade show floor. And so while there's a row of columns on the side, this expansion is very different from our existing facility where there are columns on center every 90 feet. These will have clear spans of column-free space of a distance of 190 feet to 600 feet long. And so it really is an architectural feat. It really is a new addition to our community that really changes how people use our facility. The other part of the expansion that I'm really excited about is this shift in acknowledgement that trade shows are different than they were in 1959. 
1959, when our building was open, everything was very inward-facing. It was about the middle of the trade show floor. Today, our convention delegates tell us that that's no longer how they work. It's outward-facing. They want to be part of the destination. They want to be part of the experience. Everybody has a cell phone or two cell phones on their, uh, in their pockets right now. They want to take time off the trade show floor and go spend time with their interaction of their technology. And so we're pleased to be able to introduce, for the very first time in 60 years, outdoor space. The picture that's up on the screen right now is an example of a third-floor balcony, which is on the top level of the meeting rooms, that will overlook Convention Center Drive and have a view of the northern end of the Las Vegas Strip. And we'll invite our convention delegates to take their cell phone break, to take their coffee break, and embrace the destination and not be in a closed four-wall room with no windows for eight hours a day. And so it's a monumental shift in how we think about our customers using our building and how we hear what they talk about and how they use trade show venues today and acknowledging that our building needs to be brought up to speed on what our convention delegates, our millennials, our new generation of visitors really are looking for when they travel to these type of venues. And so as you look at the overall campus, you'll hear us talk about three phases. In 2016, you may remember, we bought the Riviera. We tore the Riviera down. Some people were happy about that. Many people were not. But it was a path forward to make sure that this expansion was possible. We now have frontage on Las Vegas Boulevard itself, in addition to the front door that we have on Paradise Road. And so phase one of this project has been put to bed. The Riviera has been purchased. We've demoed that. It is a clear site and ready for the expansion. Phase two is the back end of that campus where we're actually building the 600,000 square foot venue and the fourth exhibit hall. That is under construction as we sit here today and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then when we are done with that expansion facility in 2021, we'll go across the street to the existing building and completely renovate that from end to end for a complete campus overhaul by 2023. And so this project is very much about this fourth exhibit hall. It's about reinventing and reutilizing the existing campus in tandem with the expansion campus. And we're putting a lot of money to this effort. And in fact, $1.475 billion from room tax investment is being reinvested in this. The phase two expansion will cost about $935 million. Now that Tom is in the room, I have to tell him it's exactly $935 because that's what he voted to approve. And then when we go to the renovation across the street, we'll invest another $540 million in the renovation of the 1960 building. Here are some local business partners and some national business partners that are very much part of this project. And so we, we have local architects uh, on, on the um, Partnership with a national architect firm, TVS Design out of Atlanta is our lead architect. They're the uh, architect firm that has expanded and renovated convention centers around the world uh, through a competitive uh, selection process. They were awarded the architect of record role, and they partnered with four individual architectural firms uh, throughout our community to be partner and create economic development. We have a company called Cordell Corporation, which acts as our project manager. 
and then again, construction uh, partner in Turner, Martin Harris. Turner, a national company, Martin Harris, a local construction company, with which many of you may have had uh, interactions with or are aware as they've invested and built much of the Las Vegas Strip over the last uh, five, six decades. And so very pleased to have a team that is really a cutting-edge team that is in place to make this project successful and really create a program uh, that meets our customer needs. And so the second most important thing we have when we talk about the expansion and renovation is to create functional space and create space that is competitive. Every destination around the world has convention centers and is after our business. They make sales calls to the World of Concrete, which is here today, saying move World of Concrete from Las Vegas and bring it to Chicago or bring it to Atlanta or bring it to New York City. We need to make sure that we not only have a destination that is walking them, but we have a venue that welcomes them as well and is appropriate, is competitively priced um, and appropriately uh, uh, built to, to meet this kind of need. And so for the first time, this expansion, which I call an up, upside-down martini glass, if you think about it, the exhibit hall is on the right and the meeting rooms are on the bottom of the martini glass on the left. Um, we're really building a venue that is accessible from four different directions. When you look at the convention center, there are parts of our building that you can only arrive through one side of the building. In this expansion, we're very pleased that you'll be able to arrive at Convention Center Drive, Las Vegas Boulevard, Elvis Presley Drive, or Paradise Road, and there is 360 access to this building, which really speaks to how trade shows move in and out how expensive it is or inexpensive it is to set up your trade show, how quickly you can set up your trade show and tear your trade show down, all proves the economics that Las Vegas is a good choice in hosting conventions because our trade shows can be successful and make money. The crux of it is this large exhibit hall. Again, 600,000 square foot venue that will be added to our 1.9 million square foot on the other side of Paradise Road divisible into four small convention halls of 250,000 square foot each, or you can rent out the whole facility. And likewise, the meeting rooms that go with that, a three-story meeting room complex, again, located in the lower half of that martini glass. That gets a bigger laugh when Oscar Goodman is with me and he has the martini and the showgirl, and we turn that glass upside down but three floors of, of very flexible meeting space are a key component uh, to making sure that this building is successful. The other thing that was very important to us as we started the development and the design of this was to understand that this is a five-year process, and we want to make sure that during this process, no convention decides to leave Las Vegas, that Los Angeles doesn't come and steal that business away, San Diego doesn't come, Chicago doesn't come, and that we build our building in phases so that each trade show that comes every month, every week, has a successful building to work with, even though portions of it are under construction. And so to do that, we developed a sequencing plan that when we close portions of our building, the other three portions of our building remain open. So there's four exhibit halls at all moments in time, at least three of those exhibit halls will be open, and we'll have a construction plan to sequence our business that no convention 
is at loss for any meeting space in any month, in any year of that five-year period. And as we go through the sequencing plan, we make sure that business disruption does not make our trade show producers bite on any of those other cities trying to steal their business. As business people, you know, if you lose business, it's harder to get it back. If you keep business, it's easier to rebook it, and that is our guiding principle. The construction site started um, uh, actual physical construction last October with, again, Turner Martin Harris as our CMAR contractor. Uh, they completed the process of the site work, uh, development of the Riviera site as well, uh, and we are well on our way uh, to be prepared for this to go vertical. All of the underground work has been done. We've had to relocate utilities uh, and relocate other elements that um, were in the middle of the site that are now on the perimeter of the site. Uh, Diana will remember the Visitor Information Center that was on the corner of Paradise Road and uh, Convention Center Drive uh, has been demolished and that will be the new entry point of connecting the new building to the uh, existing building on the other side of Paradise Road. That portion is done. What people may not appreciate is that the slope of this site is over 18 feet lower on the east side than it is on the west side. And so we've brought in over 700 truckloads of dirt to make that a level site. And very important to our trade show producers that we have a single story exhibit hall. And so we've made sure that the site is prepared to house a single story exhibit hall, which makes it very easy for trade shows to move in and out. The foundation work is happening as we speak today and preparing to go vertical. Uh, much of that work is 80%, is 90% completed at this point. And you begin to see the rise of the vertical columns of the meeting room complex. Again, on the south side, on, on Convention Center Drive, uh, the, the construction has gone vertical, and this three-story building uh, is well underway uh, to be completed with a successful budget and on time. The milestones on this time period, again, over a five-year project, the Riviera demo really kicked off the beginning of that process. The next milestone we'll have is the completion of our uh, expansion program, ready for CES 2021, is the first client we have leased to use that new building. And so we've signed the contract. We have guaranteed that CES 2021 will be in our new building. And then when we're done that process, again, we sequence back to the renovation of the existing facility, which will be done by the summer of 2023. The fourth and final element of, of the key points of this renovation and expansion program is really to make sure that there's connectivity. When we are done with this project, the Las Vegas Convention Center will be over a 200-acre campus. It'll be two miles from end to end. If you enter our facility on Convention Center Drive or Paradise Road or Las Vegas Boulevard to get the back end of our facility on Cambridge where our property bunts but the uh, Cambridge Road on the uh, east side is over a two-mile facility. And so if you're walking that not only one time a day or two times a day, but multiple times a day, like trade show delegates do, there's a need for intermodal transportation in your arrival and departure, but then throughout the day getting from one end of the campus to, uh, to the other end of the campus. And so right now we're going through the exploration of some people mover concepts, 
Um, it may be an elevated road uh, with uh, autonomous vehicles driving on that elevated road. We're exploring some opportunities where it could be something underground. We're exploring different opportunities to connect the campus with some type of intermodal transportation that then also connects to the Las Vegas Strip. And so whether you're taking buses or Uber or Lyft or personal vehicles uh, to and from the convention center, to and from the airport and the convention center, and then inter-campus transportation, that there is a convenient and a logical way to move people around this 200-acre, two-mile-wide facility. And that's a big part of the phase three renovation, making sure that in 2023, by the time we complete this project, that there really is a logic to how people use our building. I'll close with just a short video that kind of features the end product, what the building will look like. Again, you'll see that ribbon that goes from end to end, and then the two large atrium lobbies, one representing the expanded hall on the west side of Paradise, and the other representing the current facility with a new lobby and a new entrance on the east side. Coming down Convention Center Drive, you'll see this beautiful glass facade that houses our three-story meeting room facility, and then this beautiful atrium that rises 125 feet in the air is an open-air atrium at the Portica Share and the arrival point. Right there, you see what the public transportation may be if it ends up being an elevated roadway, how it moves people with those autonomous vehicles from one end of the building. Again, that may be, end up being something underground or at grade level, uh, all in development now. But as you arrive at the Portica Share under that transportation uh, element, a beautiful welcoming lobby that, again, begins to show uh, the technology that's in the building, there's one element that's relatively uh, unique that can only be Las Vegas, and you see this represented here, uh, a partnership with the Neon Museum to recreate some of those old Las Vegas signs that are only moments in time where people can take their selfies and they can reinvent their trade show experience as an only in Las Vegas uh, type of venue. So we're very excited about this project. Uh, Again, we look at it as an opportunity to position the trade show industry for the next generation. We acknowledge that the, the governor saw uh, the, the benefit of reinventing in the tourism industry and specifically the trade show component of the tourism industry to the tune of over $1.4 billion in renovation and expansion construction dollars. We're committed to making sure a lot of those dollars are spent locally. Uh, Senate Bill 1, which funded the venue through room tax dollars, had a clause in it that required that small businesses and local businesses uh, were part of the contracting process. And so our architect firm, as well as our construction firm, are committed to hiring locally, subcontracting locally to, to meet those benefits uh, and requirements of the Senate bill. There are clauses in there that make sure that our women-owned businesses, our minority-owned businesses, our veteran-owned businesses are part of that contracting process as well uh, and creating that wealth in Southern Nevada and that reinvention in Southern Nevada. And so we look forward to the next new milestone, CES 2021, the opening of the expansion, and then the summer 2023, the completion of the project as a whole. They said you're talkers, so I hope I left a little time for questions and answers. We'll start right here.
Actually, I have the microphone, so. <laughs> very wise. This is very exciting, and thank you for coming. Uh, I love the foyer and the atrium outside space, but my first thought is heat. Yep. How are you dealing with that? Yep. So it's a very good question. It's very insightful. We acknowledge the fact that we are in Las Vegas is a selling point, but the challenge is uh, Las Vegas heat. Uh, first and foremost, we've made sure that that wasn't a west-facing wall, that it's a south-facing wall, and so that will contribute a little bit much to the heat control. But it's all about the glazing of the glass. Uh, and so our program uh, calls for the appropriate type of glass that has the appropriate glazing to be as heat-resistant as possible. Uh, two quick questions. So you talked about transportation, mm -hmm. and I know, like, I curse the convention center when I try <laughs> to drive in and park to go talk to my clients uh, during CES and soon-to-be Con Expo. So with the new design, mm -hmm. obviously it impacts the parking lot, too, and the traffic patterns. Are, you, are they still going? I know they make big money for selling that outdoor yeah. space, but the rest of us like parking in Connecticut to, you know. So how is that still going to be a factor as far as selling CES outdoor space? Yep. And okay, yep. uh, Yes. So outdoor exhibit is actually a unique proposition that most of our competitors can't offer. Mm -hmm. And so while there is some hardship to the local community, in reality, these venues in Chicago, in New York City, can't really compete with us because of something called winter. So we've got six months on them where they just can't pull <laughs> our business away uh, because of the snowfall uh, and the cold weather. But there are other destinations like Orlando that are very competitive in that. And while I position our campus as a large campus at 200 acres for outdoor exhibits, Orlando has over 350 acres for outdoor exhibits. And so it is one of our key selling points. Our business model calls for more arrival points, so there, aren't, there isn't that main pinch point at Paradise Road and Convention Center Drive. And so as we've designed this facility, we've been very cognizant. Uh, it's a very vocal uh, outcry from our local community. And so we want to expand those arrival and entrance points to Elvis Presley Drive, which is formerly Riviera Drive, uh, if you remember that era, to Convention Center Drive, and then the backside of our building on Swenson, Sierra Vista, and Joe W. Brown. And so the business model is really to eliminate that central pinch point that we have today with arrival points of three or four different locations. And then real quick, so I think of the convention center as I see my clients go there. They set up for a trade show. The show ends at 5. They want to get the heck out of there. And then there's all these in conjunction with events that are taking place yeah. at the hotel. Great for the hotels, but... Is there going to be more of a push given that extra meeting space? Is there a plan that the convention center wants people to stick around and do events on site and creating those environments like that or outdoor patio that you'd want to stay and host an evening event? Yeah. It's a very insightful question. The, the short answer is we want to be partners with our hotel community. Uh, the funding comes from the room tax, and that's driven by the hotel base and the hotel inventory. So the hotels want that business to come back to the Strip at night. And so while we'll offer the service, we won't actively engage a selling strategy. Uh, it's available. But in reality, we want to partner with our hotels to make the hotels successful. Much of the trade show business ends up back at the hotels. And that's money in their pocket. That's money in the pockets of waitresses and waiters and 
uh, bus people and, and bartenders. Uh, so that business model still is rooted in bringing them back to the Strip at night. Last question from over here, straight ahead. Oh, got it. <laughs> Are you contemplating on getting some more eastern properties, so maybe a parking garage or something of that nature? Because we're really short yeah. on parking. I think he already knows that we might have bought the Kishner property. Uh, for well, those of you Irwin are, is probably happy for that. <laughs> uh, Irwin's, Irwin's family is very happy with that. Um, so we did recently close an 11-acre transaction on the western uh, border of the new, the new campus. Uh, in reality, the funding that we have for this $1.4 billion project is already dedicated. Um, so if an opportunity came that we just couldn't pass up, we may look at additional land acquisition, but it's not a core element of this budget. Uh, so the 200 acres that we have right now in our ownership, we believe is enough to complete this project. If something comes along, we may look at it. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, I know we have a bunch more questions, and uh, he is available to stay, uh, so feel free to come up and ask some questions. At this time, I'd like to present you with a Share What You Can Award, and so um, what we do is we will uh, feed a uh, needy veteran uh, with a meal, a hot meal in your name, and so thank you so very much for coming. It was fantastic, and we're really looking forward to the completion of the project. Okay, we've all been very excited about this project, and uh, I think it's going to be a home run for the city. As we leave here today, let us go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all persons. Love and serve each other, rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Be people of action. Be the inspiration. We hope you enjoyed this podcast of our latest meeting. If you'd like to know more about our projects or are interested in membership in the club, please visit us at lasvegasrotary.com. Now go forth and be the inspiration.